Good morning. Welcome to the Game Room Podcast. This is your host, The Lefty. Today we're going to have a discussion about the the weird scenario I ran into uh, yesterday. Um, well, no, it was actually Saturday, I think. It was Saturday. Um, I had a, a guy watching me on Steam through their Steam View or whatever it's called, where you can invite people to watch. I forget what it's called. I'm sorry. Um, and, you know, him and I were just kind of discussing back and forth and talking and, uh, you know, going through stuff, like just kind of, I don't know, training, practicing, sparring with, with random people in quick match and he was watching. And we ran into a Grandmaster Steve with 2,900 wins or more. The guy had, guy had almost 3,000 wins. And he beat me our first match. And it was surprising that... Um, it was just interesting how well they played. Uh, and I thought, wow, that's really interesting. The Steve must never play ranked. They, you know, this is another account, you know, an alt account, something like that. It's very common. I hate to say it, but it's true. Alt account, uh, maybe someone else is in the house's account or something. I don't know. They got the game on sale for 10 bucks, and they just play quick match lobbies, you know. But they're playing a lot of quick match or a lot of uh, player match because this guy had, you know, like I said, almost 3,000 um, 3, wins. And to put it in perspective, I think I only have like 500-something, maybe almost 600 uh, in player match. Now, my accounts have been reset a few times from my computer getting corrupted and a few other things. Uh, and good old Steam Cloud Sync doesn't work as well as they want it to. So sometimes I would get my stuff back, other times I would not. But, you know, it is what it is. So I don't have any ill will against anybody like that. I just, you know, it is what it is. You know, if you're really good and you're playing uh, uh, an unranked account, that's cool. Unranked accounts are fine, I guess, if that's what you want to do. Some people would have a problem with it and say that it's um, smurfing or it's, you know, disingenuous and, you know, all these different things. I'm not even going to go that far. You know, I might get confused and upset a little bit about it, but for the most part, I'm going to say, wow, okay, what is this? What's going on? But what was really interesting, and I ended up recording uh, a majority of the matches. I don't know if I recorded every single one, but I recorded quite a few of them. And what was really interesting is it honestly felt like the first, the first or third rounds would be played by uh, another player. And it would alternate between that player being high skill or low skill. And it almost, like, according to the person, and, and I kind of agree with them, the person that was watching me or was, you know, viewing what I was seeing live thought, you know, what it probably is is two people playing and they're taking turns. And I thought to myself, oh, well, that, you know, that actually makes really good sense. Uh, it's kind of weird that you know, people would do that, but then if you think about it, it would make sense, right? And it would explain all the wins, like all the matches they've played. They've probably played just a, a shit ton of matches, right? But the rabbit hole goes deeper, and it gets a little more sinister because what started happening, uh, because I got to the point where I was like, this guy just keeps uh, rematching uh, no matter how it turns out. It would be me beating them 3-0, they would play again, which is cool. Awesome. Get more time against Steve, you know. 
or they would just instantly next match blow me up 3-0 with perfects and then it would go and, and they would connect again they want to fight again rematch and I was like that's that's interesting um why is this? So we started testing. We were joking back and forth on the recording. I think I had my mic uh, turned on and mic'd up so they could hear what I was saying. I don't know if you can hear what the other person's saying, but um, we were getting a kick out of it because it seemed so strange how this how this was going, where it would be, you know, perfectly executed combo, perfectly executed string. Everything works. Everything is, like, running on all cylinders. And then... The very, the very next thing, uh, they're dropping moves, uh, missing stuff, uh, you know, and this could have been one player turning stuff on and off, if you want to look at it from a scripting or macro perspective, it's possible, I don't know why you would turn them on and off, maybe because you're trying to get better and you know that you're being a scumbag by doing it, I don't know, um, it's just a hypothesis, I, I don't know what exactly was going on uh it's more for the viewers and the and the listeners to decide honestly and i'm gonna i think what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna post a couple of the matches uh, i won't post all of them because there's just so many but i'm gonna post a few of these matches that were really questionable and um and see what people think maybe i'm just full of shit and this guy was just legit good and he have really bad rounds and really bad matches and then turn it right on again and he'd be robocop again kept calling them RoboCop because they were they, it was like I can't really explain it in words you'd have to see how this transpired because it was really like it was literally like okay I can hit you I can hit you with slide from max range I can hit you like you know telegraph stuff I can hit you with 10 strings I can hit you with uh dragon tail from law which is like a snake edge it's really slow I can hit you with just like very generic things um very common things, and this person would eat them, just just take them. I even I even had the guy get counter hit by the slide at max range. Like this this dude was doing crazy stuff with the buttons, but then the very next round or the very next match, they would parry every slide I did. Even if I was right at range zero, they'd parry it. They would never duck. They'd never duck. They just parry it. Maybe that's just one example, but. You know, it, it was just kind of like, man, it's almost like there's a script running that's auto-parrying, auto-ducking, uh, throwing out moves with crushing properties as soon as I did something. Now, is it reasonable? Probably not. Would someone really sit down and program all that crap so that they could do that against law? Probably not. Probably not. I, I don't I don't know how reasonable that is. Uh, and I'm not the person that usually would cry cheater every time they lose. But I think I won the majority of the matches. And it was really a head-scratcher. Because they would go just insanely, just really detailed uh, mix-ups and strings. And going in and out of peekaboo and doing different things from Flickr. And then the very next minute, they're just spamming stuff. And so we continued testing. We weren't really, uh, we were kind of getting a kick out of just playing the guy. We weren't even really worried about winning or losing because it's a quick match, you know, just kind of seeing what this person could do. Um, but what's really interesting, though, is if I jumped over them when they were in a stance, like peekaboo, or if they went for a, a low-hitting attack and I managed to jump over them, 
Steve would just flip out. He would spin and spiral in all sorts of directions back turned uh, from me. So he would be facing the wrong direction, just spinning away. He'd be punching the air. He'd be doing crazy stuff. And, you know, maybe one time to get away from me because he's back turned and he felt uh, threatened. Okay, fine. Kind of like a ha-ha step, a poor man's ha-ha step by using the spin stance and stuff from Steve. Okay, fine. I'll give it to you. But every single time, I think I jumped this dude three or four times. And every single time, this character would flip out and start spinning one way or the other or just start doing random attacks. And that leads me to believe that this player was a low-skill player using macros. And the macros were pre-canned pressure strings and pre-canned things from Peekaboo uh, and other, and maybe Flicker, I don't know. Uh, and, and stance cancels in his combos and juggles to allow him to do all the stuff he was doing. But as soon as he stopped using them, uh, he played like a potato, which I think is what I said on the stream, which was not nice. I probably shouldn't say those things. <coughs> but it was really, it was really interesting how weird the person played and how on again, off again it was. Usually you... You get a read on an opponent, or you play against them a few times. You get an understanding of what their, um, you know, what their, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Tendencies are. You get an understanding of how they play and, and what they're trying to do and why they're trying to hit you with things. And it's not just for damage. It's for a mix-up or a counter-hit fishing situation, or they want to launch you, or you know, whatever it may be. But what was happening here is it almost felt like there was two people on the fight stick or two people on the keyboard or the gamepad or whatever. It would be, okay, I'm going to play the first round. Oh, I got I got blown up. All right, I'm going to tag in fucking my older brother who's, you know, TGP or, or, you know, whatever rank with Steve. And it was like, it really did. It felt like it was a completely different person. The way they played their strings, the way they did their... Uh, combos it was just a different it was a different tendency it was a different way to play and it happened multiple multiple times and it, it literally felt like if you were beating them by a round or two the big boy player would jump on if they were beating you by a round or two they would continue to let little brother play it was really strange and obscure and it didn't really make a whole lot of sense but it's how they were playing i guess um there was also uh, the thought thrown around that maybe it was a bot. And the bot is just kind of tuning up in quick match to see how people play. And uh, the idea, and you might not know this, but uh, a lot of people will use bots in different competitive games to automatically play matches while they're away. Kind of like the old trick uh, in Injustice 2 where you would just rubber band, a, uh, rubber band your PlayStation or Xbox controller uh, and it would automatically continue and you could let the AI fight for you against other AIs. And if you won, you would unlock money and, uh, you know, equipment and supplies and, and consumable items and all this stuff, right? But the way that NetherRealm tried to keep you from uh, letting this thing basically become an, an AI bot for you to just play while you're away was that you had to hit X and confirm the next fight. Uh, 
you know, after every match. So the idea was you'd have to sit there and watch it or go to it every, you know, after every match and hit X. Well, you put a turbo controller on and you mash it, uh, or you set up a script on PC maybe or something else. Uh, I don't know how you would set it up for console that way, but it's probably possible. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But you would able, you'd be able to just let it, you could just hold the button down and, and let it play through all the matches and you'd get home from work and oh look you're max level and you've got the best gear unlocked for your character and you've got all these things and oh you lost a bunch but you won a majority of your matches because of how you have your your bots set up and this was in game so this was inside the game it was set up netherrealm allowed you to do this and it was cool for the casual people that wanted to level up their characters that's cool but take it to an extreme on the other end of the spectrum where you're not allowed to do this and then picture somebody setting all this up buying a $10 account when it's on sale or a bunch of them running it like this in ranked having it get all the way to whatever rank uh, somebody would like and then selling it it's very possible now does that mean that this is this is a secret thing that's happening and there's a, a ninja foot clan going around selling accounts no probably not but I do know for a fact that there's been people uh, on Twitter uh, promoting and trying to advertise selling boosted accounts or people actually getting on your account and boosting your account. And if people are willing to do that for you know 10 or 20 or 30 bucks or whatever it is, I don't know. I don't know what people, the going rate is for a cheating account or a boosted account. But if they're willing to do that, what's keeping somebody from just programming and setting up a script for you know, the most popular characters, the most popular 10 characters or something, and having them run against all the other players and just use canned scenarios and crushing setups over and over and over again uh, against somebody, hoping that they win and get rank points. It's possible. I don't think it's likely, personally. I don't think it's a, the more I think about it, the more unlikely it is. Uh, I don't think it's something that really is, is, is profitable probably in the long run, but for somebody just testing it, maybe a programmer or somebody that's getting a kick out of it, uh, okay, maybe. Or the, the more innocent one, uh, which is more likely in my opinion, is that this was just two people playing on the same account. So one would sit and watch and do whatever, and then when someone had to get up to do something or somebody had to uh, give up the controller if they lost or whatever, then all of a sudden the other person would play. That's more likely, you know. But the fact that the but the fact that raises an eyebrow is when I jump over them and they do wild crazy shit every single time. It just seems weird. It seems weird, you know. Like why wouldn't you just hit forward and spin around quick and block? Why would you why would you start doing back turn strings and back turn setups and all sorts of other wild shit? Like why why would you do that? It doesn't make sense. And it just shows more and more uh, the lengths that people may go to. I'm not saying this person is doing this or the people playing on that account are doing this. I'm just saying, like, look at the look at the the points that people are trying to, to climb to to try to uh, beat other people. I mean, this person had 31 wins before I beat them. You know. Now, does that mean that they're just really good? Maybe. You know, I'm not going to talk shit. Maybe they're really good. And I was just picking them apart, and then they figured out what I was doing and would blow me up and pick me apart. Maybe. Uh, I don't know if it's that likely back and forth over and over again. 
uh, you figure that they would get fed up with it and leave, or that I would, you know, figure it out, and or I'd get just keep con consistently getting beat. You know, it just it just seems weird that it would turn from not knowing what I'm gonna do next to instantly knowing what I'm gonna do next to not knowing what I'm gonna do next and just going back and forth because that's what it felt like. It literally felt like someone was holding a button down or or handing the controller to somebody else and that person knew exactly what to do against everything I did, but the other person didn't. It was interesting. It was really strange. So, you know, like I said, I'm going to see if I can figure out how to edit out some of the matches because I got them all in one big video. I'm going to see if I can edit them out and um, set it up to where I can, um, you know, have some of the, the more interesting matches, you know, with somebody good playing and somebody not good playing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I'll probably put maybe four or five of the matches back to back in one probably 15 minute video or something because I think I streamed for like two hours you know and that that's crazy you know that's a lot of that's a lot of Tekken to watch uh just for someone to look at it point and say oh well that's just you know big brother and little brother playing or that's someone using a macro or that's someone's a bot or scripting or whatever you know hey I think that's too much to watch you know <coughs> but yeah, so changing gears, uh, there's been a lot of discussion uh, on Steam specifically about ranked and all the stuff that's going on with the changes, uh, well, the the assumed changes to ranked points in Season 3. Um, it looks like points have been tweaked slightly according to two different people I've seen that seem to be doing a lot of research on it. Uh, and we're talking like 50 point differences, 150 point differences, something like that. Not a huge difference. Maybe as much as up to 300, 350 points, I think, in some uh, situations. But I think there's more numbers that aren't being crunched. And I, and, and I said this before, and I never got a reply back um, other than basically the reply that, well, this is what I've been calculating and this is what I'm getting. Um, I think that there is a either smaller or larger, it depends when you do the math, I guess, of what is uh, happening when you're playing against somebody that's not using their quote-unquote main character, their, their max level, the highest ranked character on that account. Because if you're using the highest ranked character on your account, the point system that you've seen all over Reddit and all over elsewhere, and even web pages dedicated to or at least articles, I should say, articles dedicated to setting up the um, how the rank system works in Season 2 and Season 3, 2019 and now into 2020, um, there's pretty exhausting articles covering how much points you gain, what the rank distribution looks like, how many uh, points you should expect to get uh, in certain images and, and, and scales set up. Uh, and I think there's there's a lot to be said about the rank differences. Because if you're ranked higher than the opponent and they beat you, that gives you a certain value. If you are lower ranked and you beat them, that gives you a certain value. And those values will fluctuate uh, independently uh, from one another even, based wholly on if that player that you're facing is their max rank character. And if your character that you're currently controlling is a max rank character, 
if if you both are using offhand characters or pocket characters or characters that are not your primary uh, highest ranked character, the numbers are going to fluctuate and be different. So most likely what's happening is there's a situation where there's multiple um, instances where a player's playing a character that may or may not be their main, max rank and then they're playing against opponents. Now, a good point to think about, especially with this, is that this game is old. This isn't a brand new game. This isn't the first season of a game. Okay, so not a lot of players. I mean, there's a lot of players that are still trying to max up their favorite characters, and that's cool. But there's many, many, many players of all different ranks and skills and walks of life that are using other characters uh, to rank up. Some people, again, will call it smurfing. That's not what they're doing. Their character in ranked will follow behind by a few ranks or a, or a, or a certain skill set uh, behind their main character. So if I play Lily, for example, just a little bit, my Lily's automatically going to be a higher rank than beginner or first Dan because I've been playing with Law in ranked since season one and he's a, a higher rank. So now Lily is going to start at a higher rank. It doesn't mean that they're the same rank as my law. And I think that's what a lot of people don't understand. They see that when they rank up, some other characters will rank up automatically behind them. But that doesn't mean that they're ranking up at the same rate. So now I decide to play Lily in ranked. I'm going to be playing lower ranked players, even though I have a character in my account that's much higher rank. If I do that, I'm going to earn less and gain less points than if it was my primary Lily, you know, unless I bought a new account and started playing Lily and that's my main character. So all that stuff fluctuates and changes. And I think some of that's getting lost. Like people don't understand it or they read it, they understand it, but they're still trying to crunch the numbers to figure out how things are working. And maybe I'm missing some information too. Maybe they fought somebody that just got promoted, so they saw the promotion and they saw that they were neutral and they're still gaining points or something. I don't know. Or maybe they got demoted, so they're neutral on the last rank. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, you might start with negative points at that point. I don't, I don't know. Like, there's a lot there that I have to study as well. So, it is, it is what it is. But, I had to take a drink. But it's, it's, it's interesting that rank is getting to be such a hot-button talking point right before this supposed big announcement on uh, August 1st at the, uh, the Fighting Devs Roundtable. I forget what it's actually called. I apologize. I've seen the images for it. Harada tweeted about it. Um, it's pretty cool. A lot of people are assuming that there's going to be some sort of big Tekken announcements, uh, maybe some changes to the mechanics of the game, maybe something along the lines of wall balance or something. Maybe they're going to add guard break moves to certain characters' attacks. I don't know. Maybe now certain characters can charge moves. I've seen a lot of rumors going around. Because, I mean, me personally, I think a lot of characters that are lower tier could really benefit from having a guard break mechanic, uh, namely Gigas. I think Gigas could really benefit and become a much better, well-rounded character uh, that would allow players to use more of his tools like grapples, um, 
some of his lower range uh, attacks and different things if people were afraid of one or two of his attacks being chargeable uh, and being a guard break at the wall. That's just me. Um, they would still do uh, minuscule damage at the wall because it would literally be a launch into a wall hit. So it's not like a full, like a 30 hit, you know, 30 point damage launcher on counter hit that wall balances. You know what I mean? It's not nothing like that. It's it's more like, hey, I'm doing a move uh, and I'm charging it. And if you stand there like a tree and eat it, then your back's to the wall. Normally it just pushes you back real far and that's it uh, in your minus. But in this case, if your back's to the wall, it's gonna charge up and hit you. You're gonna slide into the wall just like with Fakuma and be able to do a string or a wall ender or whatever. So it would probably end up being like a 48 damage thing is probably my guess. Probably around 40 or 50 points is what I'm envisioning. I don't know what Fakumam gets off of just a straight wall power hit. I don't know. Or straight wall guard break scenario. I don't think it's a whole lot of damage. Um, I think it's a lot less than people think. But... Um, but, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in Season 4. I really don't. I don't know if they're going to add another guest character, like, from Yakuza. Uh, I've seen that thrown around. I, I don't know. That seems like a good fit. Uh, I've seen people talking about just wanting uh, better netcode and, and more features to the tournament mode and some other lobby uh, quality of life improvements. Um, I think that's, that's somewhat reasonable. Um, my only thing, though, is I know how difficult people are saying it is to work on netcode on an already established game. So I don't know if they're going to do that and change up tournament mode and add new features and content to the lobby system and add prizes and other things you can unlock. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm seeing a lot of that. I would love to see some of that stuff, but I don't, I don't think it's reasonable because honestly their tournament mode isn't good. It's just not, it's not designed and implemented well. You know, you can design something poorly, but have it be fun. Or you can have something designed poorly as well as implemented poorly, so only people using it are the ones that don't know any better. You can very easily set up a lobby that's that's three slots. I'm, I'm filling you in on how to do a tournament, right? Make a lobby with three slots. The person that creates the lobby is the spectator who views the matches. The other two slots are for the people that are privately invited to the tournament, they play their matches based on their bracket, and then that person who's the guy in charge of the lobby would then post the results, and and you would do that, and you could do this with three or four lobbies, and have all of them going at once. You could have a huge, massive tournament done in a matter of hours uh, by doing this method. The only issue is you got to have tournament organizers with good uh, internet. You got to have them all in the same relatively uh, good area or spread out uh, enough to where decent connections can be made to the multiple people wanting to do an online tournament. There's there's holes. It's not perfect. Do you know what I mean? It's not perfect. But that's how a lot of players will do tournaments online. That's how you do it. You do the bracket online or on paper. You you do it in the lobbies themselves, which are more stable, and then whoever wins moves on in the in the different lobbies. That's how you do it. But right now, in the tournament mode itself, if one person leaves, the whole thing can tank. Um, 
if anybody has a disconnection or desync, the whole thing can fall apart like a house of cards. Uh, a lot of times, people will get salty if they lose, so they pull the plug, which means the whole tournament's a waste of time. I've personally seen this a few times, and what's really funny is I had a friend that did it where they got blown up in the tournament. They quit because they thought they were done. They didn't want to watch or play anymore. Uh, the whole tournament crashes. They didn't even realize it was going to do that, and then they look like an idiot. You know, it's happened. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. Okay? It happens. And, you know, those types of things, I mean, if you really think about it, that essentially means that the tournament mode was a mode that they put time and development, effort, and resources towards. And a majority of the players after Season 1 stopped using it because it's such a poorly constructed and poorly implemented mode. Now, I don't know if that's specifically because of the netcode as well, or if it's because of the way that the tournament mode itself is set up. I don't know. It just doesn't, it doesn't seem right. It seems bad. Especially when you compare it to other games that have lobbies and models where you can play mini-games while you wait. You can spectate if you choose to. You can um, go into practice mode in the lobby while there's other players fighting and practice something that just beats you. Uh, or, or practice against a character that just blew you up so that you can kind of see what happened and why. You can even watch replays in some of these games. I think it's Guilty Gear. You can play mini-games and play all sorts of fun stuff and do little things in a lobby like it's a giant Japanese arcade and walk around and interact with people and have a little avatar. I think Dragon Ball Fighter Z does this too, along those lines. You can interact with people and see how they're doing. You can message them. You can do all this stuff um, to be more inviting in the FGC and make a better community in that small little lobby. Where you look at something like that where it has so many more features and so much more functionality and utility to it, not just for people that want to just bash heads and fight in Tekken or, or, or Guilty Gear or whatever game it is, but also be able to say, hey, I'm new to the game, I'm not that great, I just want to spectate, play some mini-games, hang out, talk to players, uh, see how they play, interact, and just have a hangout-type experience. You can do all that in the same lobby. That's what Tekken needs. Tekken needs something like that. Tekken doesn't need just this bare-bone-ass lobby that is, uh, I'm sorry, it's antiquated. It's old. You know, it needs to be refreshed. Now, is all these things going to happen in Season 4? I highly, highly, highly doubt it. What's probably, most realistically, what's going to happen is they're going to release a new stage. They're going to release maybe some new costumes and, and vanity items. They're going to release some more um, life bar and, and background borders and all those things. They're going to release a character, maybe two, maybe even three. I don't know. Uh, I think that'll be getting near the edge of bloat at that point. There's going to be a lot of characters in this game. I mean, that'll be almost as many characters or more characters than Tekken Tag 2. Um, I mean, it's getting there. There's a lot of characters. Um, I think I think they're going to do the just like they did with Season 2 and Season 3. I think they're going to do very limited... Um, very limited... Um, you know, changes and improvements. They might do something big. They might do a new uh, uh, mechanic or a new, you know, foundational thing in the game. 
maybe. They might change some characters' tailspin moves. They might do some some big some big changes to characters uh, that may be warranted, that may not be warranted. I don't know. But I really, really hope they're not going to do the shit that they did in Season 3 and do another Hell Suite patch. If they do another Hell Suite-type patch to other characters or, or dumb down something else, people are going to be mad. The only thing I can see them really changing uh, mechanically that I would enjoy is buffing the movement. If they buffed movement a little more and made it more like some previous games where you could actually uh, sidewalk with some uh, conviction and, and honestly think that you're going to get around a lot of moves that don't have homing properties on them, that would be nice. Because there's a lot of moves in this game, and I understand forward forward can realign on certain attacks. That's fine. But there's a lot of moves out there that... You know, like 1-1 one, one or 1-2. One, there, there are strings that move the character forward, and that would help realign, and I get that. But a lot of times, the second hit will just hit you with your side to them. Or when you're almost behind them, it'll hit. And it's just, like, it doesn't need to be that way. Um, there's, there's some things that need to change. Um, some characters' moves need to be tweaked and, and, and nerfed or buffed. Um, I think some characters have some buffs coming that they need. I think Lily could use a couple things. Uh, her down forward one still seems broken. Like, I don't know if they fixed it or not, but there's some videos showcasing all the things that are wrong with Lily's down forward one. There's a lot of things wrong with that character. Um, there's a few moves I think could be sped up a little bit without being busted. Um, I think Gigas needs some more love. I think there's a handful of other characters that could use some stuff. Um, but for the most part, I would prefer them just trying to keep the characters all playable uh, and, and viable uh, in higher level play as well as for casual players. And I don't mean, I'm not saying buff for casuals. I'm not saying nerf for casuals. What I'm saying is make the buffs and nerfs at a competitive level, but make some of the foundational changes if you have them or, or changes to the game. Make them in a way that everybody can digest them. So for example, work on netcode. That would benefit everyone. Everyone would like netcode changes, you know. Or make changes to a specific aspect of the game like movement so other players would be motivated to learn it, i.e. newer players. Um, that would be beneficial. But to see some of the crazy shit I'm seeing online, like, oh, they're going to have Thomas the Tank Engine and Wario, and it's like, come on, guys. I know you guys are trolling and kidding around, but, like, don't give them any ideas because they're going to start putting dumb shit in this game. It'll be like fighting vipers or something. You don't want that, okay? <laughs> or what was that other game? I forget. It was uh, it was made by Sega, I think. It was the one where you could play as the Daytona 500 car. <laughs> the Sega Rally car. It punched with its tires and shit. Was that fighting vipers? I don't remember. There was a couple games where you could do... It was, a, it was like a mashup fighter from Sega that was very weird. Um, but... Yeah, so, you know, it's it's there's there's a lot of interesting stuff swirling around the Tekken community right now when it comes to the update. I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. No one really does. A lot of people have some really uh, interesting, uh, you know, ideas or uh, assumptions or, or guesses, uh, theories, I guess. But, you know, we won't know until we see. And if he does announce anything on uh, August 1st, hopefully we'll do a bod podcast about it. And uh, we'll discuss some of the cool stuff they're doing. Um, if if he doesn't, and he's just going to talk a little bit about their development systems and answer some questions, cool, I guess. 
Um, but we'll see what happens. I, I don't know what's going to happen in the next few months. I mean, not only in the world, because there's a lot of crazy stuff going on, um, but but within Tekken itself, I, I don't know. Because I think Harada and the guys, this is my personal opinion, this isn't facts or anything, but, you know, I just get the feeling that they bit off more than they can chew with Season 3. I think they riled up uh, uh, way too many players. I think they ruffled too many feathers with what they did with Leroy and Fakum Lam when it comes to DLC characters. I think they really need to hit a home run on Season 4, or people just aren't going to fucking buy it. You know what I mean? If if the netcode update is free, which I hope it is, if they do that, if they make a netcode patch, is it, you know, they're saying they're working on it. I don't know, man. I don't know. I find it hard to believe. Now, I'm not a huge network guru, all right? I'm not a crazy network tech guy. I'm not a administrator or anything of a big server. But I find it hard to believe that a game that prioritizes animations over a rollback is going to suddenly go from three frames of rollback to six, and it's instantly going to make everybody happy. Uh, I've said this before in other podcasts. Uh, I think what they're going to do is they're going to they're going to tweak the animations a bit, and it takes a lot of time and effort. They're going to tweak some animations that may look really janky with this new system, but otherwise, they're gonna they're gonna turn the floodgates from three frames to six frames of rollback, which is really not that much, honestly, in the grand scheme of things. And it's just going to cause more input lag. Because they're prioritizing, and this is what Harada said out of his own mouth on his tweets, they prioritize animation uh, structure in animation uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, fluid, flu, fluidity uh, rather than uh, the rollback itself, like other fight, uh, other fighting games prioritize. So, and this is according to him and Murray. So, if they're going to suddenly go from three frames of rollback, which, like, no one in the history of Tekken ever really noticed. Most people you asked it had rollback uh, six months ago. No one would have said it. The game had rollback. Everyone would have said no. This is the delay, delay based netcode. Uh, that's all it is. But really, it's more of a hybrid netcode that is prioritizing delay rather than rollback because it wants you to have the ability to have a clear visual understanding of the animations of the moves. That's all it is. It has nothing to do with, um, it has nothing to do with actually prioritizing the rollback. Uh, it has everything to do with uh, understanding and and. and and getting, uh, getting the game looking good and looking smooth and animated correctly rather than having the game actually play better uh, in its online space. And, and I think what it is is they're probably making the right choice just because of how the game is built. You have to remember, Unreal Engine, this is their first dance with Unreal Engine. You know, It's their first game with Unreal Engine. It's their first, uh, it's their first uh, rodeo with that engine. Uh, and they probably program the game a specific way. Uh, and we know that normally, if you are put in a position where... Uh, not even put in a position. I'm going to say, uh, normally, this game is very, very heavily based on 60 frames locked. 60 frames a second. 
their entire frame system is built on the game running at 60 frames a second. If it ran at 30 frames a second, it would it would act weird. If it ran at 120 frames a second, which there are mods for, it works okay because of the mod itself. But if you could just suddenly crank up your, your graphics card and get the game running at 120 frames a second, it wouldn't play right. It would play weird. And I think that's the issue they're running into, is that if they use rollback, the game has to suddenly, on the fly, twist and contort and, and modify itself frame-wise. Now, this is assumptions. I don't know for sure. Uh, twist itself back to say, oh, well, the rollback's going back so many frames. A lot of people are going to say that's not correct, and I agree with you. It shouldn't be that way, but we don't know what's under the hood here. Maybe some developers from other games or people that have intimate knowledge of it can, can fill us in, but for the most part, it just seems to me like things are set up in such a way that you're not really, no one really knows what they're working on, and no one really knows if it's going to be uh, efficient, if it's going to have any uh, efficacy. Because it, it looks like, to me, it looks like they're going to try to do some sort of net code fix, uh, and that's cool. And if they make good changes and everybody agrees that it's better, awesome. But I highly, highly, highly doubt in Tekken 7 Season 4, you're going to be able to play it with the same type of net code like Skullgirls has, where I can play people in Japan from the United States. I highly doubt it. Highly doubt it. And the people that think that that's what they're doing and that's what they're going to get working, I, I'm sorry, but I think you're fooling yourselves. If it works and it comes out, I'll, you know, I'll eat my words. But I highly doubt that that's how this game is working. I don't think it's designed from the ground up. In its infancy, it was never designed to handle a netcode like that. I think they prioritized animations and frame rate over everything else. And when they did that, and they used this de delay-based hybrid netcode of only three frames of rollback that is almost never triggered, I think in all the time I've seen lately, there's only been maybe four or five videos of it ever doing any sort of rollback. And it's the most obscure, random-ass shit you're ever going to see. It's not like, oh, oh yeah, that, that happens quite often. I see that happen a lot. It's a double-edged sword, honestly. Because on the one hand, if you never see it, that's good, I guess. But on the other is if you do see it all the time, people would say the game has rubber banding issues and has problems with hit detection and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, the, the game is eating my moves up, so they hit and now they're blocked. There's no way you can win perfectly in this situation. There's just not. So, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what is going to happen. I, I, I know we went from Steve being playing weird to, to this. I, I don't know. There's a, there's, a lot, there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot to say about the netcode in this game. It's, it's, it's a weird beast. It's a weird beast. We'll just have to wait and see. But like I said, I am, I am firmly of the opinion... I am firmly of the opinion that whatever they tweak is going to affect something positively and probably something negatively. I think we're going to see a slight improvement to, to connectivity and stability. We're probably going to have less issues with desyncs, probably. But all in all, we're going to have more input lag, especially on PC. And I think people are going to look at that and say, oh, well, what the hell? You know, what, what's going on? And I think people are going to complain about it feeling like it's slow. People are going to say it feels like molasses. 
Uh, people feel like they're running around in sand fighting. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. It might come out perfect and I might be totally be wrong, but I don't know. We'll see. I just find it really hard to believe that uh, this, this thing that they are quote-unquote already working on with their old netcode that somehow has the ability to have sliders or something improved on it on their end and they can just take it from, they can double the rollback amount. Uh, I don't know. I think if they double the rollback amount, we're going to see some sort of negative impact somewhere else. But anyways, this is The Lefty. You can catch me at twitch.tv, The Lefty, with an underscore between the and lefty. Uh, have a good one, and we'll, uh, we'll keep our ears to the ground and see if we can find some news on this uh, season four soon. Have a good one.